Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 778 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Robin. She's the mother of two children. One of them has type 1 diabetes. But much of our conversation is going to follow the story of Robin's rheumatoid arthritis. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear... Ooh, I'm sick, by the way. Sorry. Did you hear my voice? Just... It's crazy. <clears throat> While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. We'll have to see if <clears throat> my voice makes it through these ads. Before I record the ads, let me remind you that if you're a U.S. citizen who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, you can make a big difference by going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, joining the registry, and filling out the survey completely until the end, the survey. You got to complete the survey. That's all you got to do. It's pretty easy. It takes fewer than 10 minutes. It's completely HIPAA compliant. It's anonymous. You'd be helping yourself, other people with type 1 diabetes, and you'd be helping the podcast. As a matter of fact, there'll be a special episode coming up very soon. I'll be speaking with Dave, who has type 1 diabetes and runs the T1D Exchange, and he's going to go over why it's so important to join the registry and take the survey. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Please go to InPenToday.com to learn more and get started today. The Juice Box Podcast is also sponsored today by... Oh boy, there goes my voice. <clears throat> I think I got this RSV that's going around, you know what I mean? Terrible. Uh, this episode of the Juice Box Podcast is also sponsored today by U.S. Med. U.S. Med is where Arden gets her Dexcom and Omnipod supplies, and you could get your diabetes supplies from there, too. Go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. I just cut out a huge coughing fit, so there's no way I make it through the ads in the middle of the show. My name is Robin. I am the mother of two girls. Imogen is seven and <clears throat> Ailey is four and she's my type one. Sorry, Robin. So your voice broke while you're telling me. I to, know I cracked and then I had to cough. Wait, <laughs> let me get a sip of tea. And ahead, I'll try again. Take your sip of tea. We're going to keep going though. We're not stopping. I'm just saying that this, oh, this happened during you telling me that your two children have two names. I've only heard four times in the whole world. So um, I know. I told you they're identifiable. That's fine. I just didn't think we would we we would need to go over it one more time if we wanted people to know. What what all right, one kid is named So my oldest is Imogen and we call her Immy. And how old is she? She's seven. Okay. And second oldest? My youngest is Ailey and she's four. Okay. Seven and four. Does one of them yeah. have type one? The four-year-old does. Four-year-old does. Ailey does. Well, poor Imogen. Yeah. That's the last time she gets talked about. Um, I know. <laughs> she has nothing going on in her life. Poor kid. <laughs> poor boring kid named Imogen. Right? Where do you get the name from? Um. So my background is Scottish and Irish, mm -hmm. and my husband is Scottish and Japanese. So both the kids have like a Scottish, Irish, Gaelic first name and a Japanese middle name. Oh, cool. That's lovely. Yeah. All right. So... Let's talk about you for a second. Do you have sure. type, do you have type one diabetes? I do not have type one diabetes. Okay. Do you have any other autoimmune issues? 
I do have other autoimmune issues. I have. <gasps> I know. Let me to spoil it. <laughs> I want to talk about it immediately. Yes. Sure. Okay. So I have rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Now, here are my basic questions that I believe are everyone's basic questions. Sure. Why do we all mispronounce that word? Because it's got so many weird letters in there. Okay. So say it's- uh, Not that I should talk. So Ailey. Ailey spelled E-I-L-I-D-H. So I, so I shouldn't be able to say rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. And that, that it's like is- like a tongue twister. That is the correct pronunciation, right? Rheumatoid. Yes. Yes. Right. So room, like room, mm-hmm. uh, toid, like altoid. Yeah. And what do most people say? Rheumatory? I don't know. I just stumble over it. Yeah. I always yeah. say it incorrectly. Anytime. How do you say up. it? I think I say rheumatory. I think, I think I grew up around people who were adults <laughs> who did not care if the words they were saying were particularly correct, and they would just stick with them. Okay. So, I, I for instance, the entire time I was uh, being brought up in the world, I thought the woman on TV who talked to people in the afternoon's name was Ofra, because that's how, <laughs> that's how my mom said it. And this one's not as much fun as it used to be, but Bill Cosby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff like that where I was. Fair enough. Yeah. So I think people just like, uh, or here's, what's the other one? Um, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's? I know people who call it old timers and they're not kidding. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. High school first, kids. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when were you diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis? So I started getting symptoms in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. Fun thing in the pandemic. Um, And kind of went back and forth with my doctor for a while. And then I saw a rheumatologist in September of 2020 and was officially diagnosed November of 2020. So like a year and a half, not that long. Okay. How old are you when you first notice it? Oh, 30, 39. 39. Okay, and you're about 40. That was big math, 40 minus one. Trust me, I had no (laughs) idea. Of course, I didn't know when you were born, so I was at a disadvantage. But, um, okay, so around 39 years old, at that point, do you turn to everyone in your extended family and go, hey, 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 is this happening to anybody else? Um, I didn't. We kind of had that look out when Ailey was diagnosed. Did anyone have autoimmune, anything that way? Um, I wonder now if my mom did. She definitely had something going on, um, but was never diagnosed. My brother has something. I assume it's autoimmune, but he doesn't have a diagnosis yet. Okay. So, but no other RA. But as soon as I had symptoms, my immediate thought was autoimmune just because of Ailey mm-hmm. and the type one. So just very quickly, your mom had things going on. Like what kinds of things? Um, she was really sore a lot. Um, her ankles would always be aching. She didn't like going to doctors. She was a nurse, so she didn't ever like going to see the doctor. <laughs> she was very stubborn. Um, so I, I wonder if that joint issue, the joint pain she constantly had. Could have been something autoimmune. Mm-hmm. And your brother? My brother has um, stomach issues. He uh, he gets clots a lot. Blood clots. Yeah. Okay. So um, he's had he's been hospitalized quite a few times for that, and just some of his symptoms are similar to mine. That's scary. Blood yeah, clots. Yeah. No, all it's the crazy. Time? Yeah. Do you have kids? Yeah. He has two kids. Yeah. Wow. 
Oh, okay. Well, that was depressing. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. All good. I actually, I, I thought, what'd you do that for, Scott? <laughs> We're about to have an upbeat conversation about rheumatoid arthritis. And now you're like, now everyone's thinking about, you know, Robin's brother who's walking around constantly saying goodbye to everybody. Huh? You know, like he must be. Right, with, I don't under, like, I'm so thankful I have a diagnosis because yeah. I can't imagine those like few months between June and whatever, November mm-hmm. was so crazy. Right. And you just wonder like, what could it be? Could it be this? I thought maybe it's celiac. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that maybe, right. You go through the whole litany. Right. And um, he's had this for years and no answer. Yeah. And if you don't have an answer, how do you treat it? He's never gotten like a full blood workup or anything like that. He has had every test known to man. Now, the interesting thing about RA is my blood work is clean. My blood work does not show any antibodies for RA. And about 30% of people that are diagnosed with RA were called seronegative. So it doesn't show up in our blood at all. Okay. 30%. Great. All right. Which is great. (laughs) So prior to you having enough of a problem back in 2020, where you you said, I said, where you like, (laughs) where you were thinking, oh my God, I brought Ofra up and now I can't speak. Um, (laughs) Where you thought I'm going to a doctor prior to that, Looking back, anything happening or did it just come on like a light switch? Um, There was probably stuff going on. I've always had stomach issues. Um, and it's not directly linked to RA, but I wonder if there's a link there somewhere. Um, I used to be a competitive gymnast like way, way back in the day. So I just always assumed all my aches and pains were just because I'd beat my body up for mm-hmm. so long. Um, but it was really in June. It started with my legs and I was like, oh, I'm not walking around as much. We're in isolation here. Everything shut down. I must not be moving. My legs are getting stiff. So I tried going for a couple walks and, and doing everything that way. And it just wouldn't shake. I couldn't get rid of it. So talk about that first stiffness, pain, <sighs> soreness. Like a, yeah. Pain, but like this weird achy sensation, um, that I've never really been able to put into words and it's mostly in my knees and then it went to my ankles. Um, but I remember my doctor recommended I take a leave and, um, doesn't touch it. That right? would, it took the pain away, but not the weird sensation. Okay. What so if it's I, like, I was always aware of my legs. You and I don't know each other. If I said to you, my bones hurt, is that an accurate depiction or no? That's accurate now. I don't think at the beginning, because I wasn't even sure if it was my joints. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, now I'm confident it's my joints. Stomach. They definitely stomach. ache more. Stomach pain, you said, too? Um. Yeah, just kind of stomach issues, bloating, and all of that general stuff bloating. that most people have okay, now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So that stuff's going on for years prior, or... Yeah, yeah, I was diagnosed. I had a parasite like 10 years ago. Um, and I got that taken care of, and the antibiotics I was on for that like killed my gut completely. And then I had a lot of food sensitivity issues and stuff. So I've worked through that. How? How do you work through uh, that? Um, I did like an elimination diet, which was awful. Um, lost a lot of weight, super tiny for my wedding. That was cool. Um, <laughs> couldn't eat any any food at my wedding but that's okay um and then i was just slowly kind of able to introduce foods back in 
and got back to a better place where I wasn't running to the bathroom okay. all the time. No, um, you didn't use any kind of supplements or stuff like that to help you rebalance your stomach? No, just probiotics. Probiotics. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll call those yeah. supplements. Um, sure. Like a like over the counter or like a handful of like like military grade ones the doctor pointed you to. No, over the counter because okay. the doctor pointed me to nothing. Gotcha. Big help those doctors. All right. right? So now we've got stomach issues, uh, sore legs, um, anything else? Wrists hurt, neck always stiff. Yeah, I've had issues in my back for years, mm-hmm. lower back. Worse around uh, your period? Not <sighs> not necessarily? Um, not necessarily with my back. I get it in like my lower hips. They get worse the when I'm on my period. Gotcha. For sure. Um, that kind of started after Imogen was born. What helps? Pressure? Anything? Yes, sitting. Standing is awful. What about people like? Do you ever lay on the floor and have people push on you or stand on you? Or is there anything weird like that that's valuable? Yes. Yes. Huge. That's what I found, like, especially with my legs at the beginning. When uh, I'd sit on the couch with my legs up, because when they're down, they really hurt. Um, So I put them up high, and then my kids would jump on them. And the pressure felt really good. So I get them to sit on my legs. Do you like rubbing or squeezing or pressure that would be unholy unnatural to other people yes and it feels good for sure sometimes it's sometimes it's terrible and sometimes it's really good and then since my legs it's gone into my elbows and my wrists and my fingers as well um how do you alleviate the pain in your wrists um i have compression gloves that i wear which are mostly for my fingers but i find they help my wrists as well Mm -hmm. Or I rest. I find uh, it's weird too. Okay, so some joints crave heat. So my knees love heat. I have a heated blanket, heating pad with me all the time. And some joints crave ice. So my wrists sometimes like heat, sometimes like ice. Knees, heat, ankles, ice. Do you have any heat or cold sensitivities overall in your body? Are you always hot, always cold? Yes, usually cold. And my fingers now... um, like, like if I'm outside in the snow, like they get really like painful cold. If they're under a cold water tap, my finger, like it hurts mm-hmm. the cold water. I did have when I was little, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot what it's called. Rain, rain nerds. Mm-hmm. I think where your digits go like white, you lose circulation in toes or fingers. You had that. I had that in my toes and I haven't had it since I was a kid. Uh, toes ever go tingly numb? No. Nope. No. Fingers? Mm, nope. Like fall asleep? Usually. Okay. Nope. Um, toes ever change color, like get super red? Nope. No. All right. Um, hmm. Hold on a second. You having fun yet? <laughs> Tons. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get a diagnosis if your blood work comes back clean? So first appointment I had with a rheumatologist was supposed to be in person, but we did a tele-appointment because um, Ailey was homesick. And uh, he went through this like massive list of questions, but one of them was autoimmune in the family. So I think that tripped it in his head that it could be autoimmune. Mm -hmm. Um, So he sent me for blood work and he sent me for an ultrasound. So I had an ultrasound done of my ankles, my knees, my elbows, my wrists, and my fingers. 
And based on those results and um, he did an examination and my joints are so swollen that he can feel the inflammation in them. Um, And then my synovial fluid, which is the fluid around your joints, is inflamed in all of those joints at the ultrasound. So that's where my diagnosis came from. From ultrasounds of your joints. Yeah. Sometimes they'll do a CT or an MRI, but I guess the ultrasound was enough in my case. To look for the the swelling and the uh, the inflammation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Once that happens, yeah. do they medicate you with anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. So much medication. Yep. Yeah. So I am on immunosuppressant medication now because my uh, immune system is definitely on a whack. Um, unfortunately, I haven't found a drug combination that works yet to reduce the inflammation and take away the pain. Um, but let me see. I, I, I wrote them all down for one, two, three, four, five. I'm on my sixth medication now. So they, um, each one takes about four months to work. So you start this process, you start a new drug, you go through the drug company and your insurance to get it um, covered or not covered. And you get set up and then you start it and then you're in this waiting period to see if it's going to work. And then four months later, you're like, okay, it's not working. And then you try something else. Hmm. What, so, what was uh, the first one? Uh, sulfasalazine. Didn't work? Didn't work. No. Any impact at all? Um, so before I was diagnosed, because also with the pain is um, you get like brain fog. Awful awful brain fog and just pure exhaustion. I'd be in a, like a virtual meeting at work and it's like my power button got turned off and um, my colleagues could see it before I felt it. And they're like, no, you're done. And I would just like literally power down Mm -hmm. and I couldn't, I needed to rest. I needed to just recharge my batteries for a bit. So I think the sulfasalazine helped with that a little bit. I was able to, um, I guess not stay awake. I wasn't falling asleep, but my energy level was up, but not enough to stay on it. Do you have a thyroid thing? So I've wondered about that. My level, what's my level? I think it's two. So oh, you're good. Okay. I'm good. All right. Um, okay. Next drug. Uh, hydroxychloroquine. That didn't help. Nope. Didn't it cure river blindness? It couldn't help you. It wasn't it going to cure COVID at some point too? It does everything. So, but, uh, right. No, actually it's an incredibly, uh, um, uh, well-used drug across the globe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And a lot of people get a lot of good success with that one and with methotrexate, which right. was, I think I was on them together for a while. Those are the two like best drugs for RA. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't work. They didn't do it. Methotrexate, actually, you know what? I lied. Methotrexate was definitely working, um, but it was an injection, which was fine, but it made me really sick. So I'd inject Friday night, Saturday and Sunday were like the worst hangover you've ever had uh monday i'd be in the bathroom all day and then tuesday wednesday thursday i was kind of okay and then it was shot day again friday yeah that doesn't seem no like you can keep that going too long no (laughs) no so i'm like are those three days worth it to be like no because i couldn't i couldn't feed the kids i couldn't play with them i couldn't do i couldn't work like those days were so terrible i was just trying to not to throw up the whole time right wow but the three days, yeah. not that you would just do it anyway, but the three days were like normal or just better? Better for sure. Okay. Um, I didn't stay on it long enough because kind of built, they all build up in your system. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever got to a point where it could have taken my pain away completely, but um, I didn't let it get to that point. 
did the doctor indicate that the illness part of it would end at some point or no? No. Okay. No. So some people are okay. Some people get better with it. But uh, usually if you're, if you don't react well to it, you're going to continue. And I was like scouring the internet. Dr. Google was my friend. I'm in a bunch of support groups too. And people were saying, okay, try Gravol. Um, there's like a cough medicine that you can take that counteracts something in the methotrexate that makes you feel terrible. So I was taking that. You take folic acid with it. Like I was trying to do everything I could to to counter the terrible feelings, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't get it to work. What What was the next drug you tried? Uh, Luflenamide. Anything? Nope. No. Uh, how about after that? <laughs> uh, Zeljans. Oh, I know that one. That's an I thought I was hopeful for Zelgens. That was the one I was on previous to what I'm on now, and I was hopeful for a while, but no. But that's but an I... injection, right? That one. That one was pills. Pills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hopeful. What? What? What made you hopeful about it, and then why did the hope go away? Um, I just. Uh, it kind of comes in waves, the pain and exhaustion. So you'll and definitely tied to my period too. So. Um, you'd have days where you're like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit better. Like, this is it. It's working. Oh, my gosh. And then you have a week where it's, like, terrible. You yeah. feel awful. Your pain is there. You're in a fog. You're like, okay, no, cool. Not working. And then I, I don't even say anything when I go into the doctor's office. He literally just feels my joints. And he's like, nope, inflammation's still there. We're moving on. Okay. And then the last drug was the, is the one you're on now? Yeah. So it's called Brenzis. It's the biosimilar to Enbrel. Which is a biologic. And everything's better? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that like waiting period right now. Uh, I think I just took my ninth injection. So I'm nine weeks into it. Um, I did. I was. I was like, okay, I, I went for a period. I didn't use my heated blanket. I hadn't put my compression gloves on. I even said out loud, oh my gosh, it might be working. I'm feeling better. And then I had the worst week. Hmm since I've been diagnosed. So, but there's so many factors that come into it as well. Um, my daughter, um, doesn't have a nurse at school, so I have to go do her insulin. Normally my phenomenal father-in-law does it every day for me, but they're on vacation. So last week I was in the school twice a day, every day. Mm -hmm. And I think just being on my feet for that amount of time was enough to flare my symptoms up. Wow. Um, let's talk about your period for a minute. All right, let me take a sip of tea. We'll start with U.S. Med. <laughs> I'm nervous. U.S. Med is where Arden gets her diabetes supplies, and you could too. Go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. I'm doing pretty good. U.S. Med has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They accept Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. U.S. Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs like Freestyle Libre 3 and the Dexcom G6. Okay, hold on. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. Actually, you know, the other day, I had Arden's Dexcom supplies sent directly to her dorm room. That was super easy to do. I went through the process online during a reorder, and it was like, here's your home address. Is this where you want to ship them? And I was like, 
No, I want you to ship them to where Arden goes to college. Super simple. I've never had that with any other, any other company that I've worked with. U.S. Med has helped over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996. Better service and better care. That's what they want you to have at U.S. Med. I got to be honest with you. There's more here I'm supposed to read, but U.S. Can you just go to the link so that U.S. Med doesn't get mad at me? Because I'm, I'm, I'm done. USmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. If I catch the person that gave me this, whatever this is I have, <laughs> I am not feeling good. Next up on my dry throat, InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that, <laughs> oh boy, <coughs> just buy the InPen, please. My God. Mm. InPen is an insulin pen that does more than you expect. It actually has a lot of the features and functions that you hear about with insulin pumping. For instance, InPen has a dosing calculator. It shows you active insulin remaining, glucose history. It has reports that you can share with yourself or your doctor, an activity log, dose history, meal history, and your current glucose level. You can see your current glucose level after pairing your continuous glucose monitor to the InPen app. You're going to love the InPen. InPenToday.com. Head over there now. You can see what the app looks like. You can see what the pen looks like. You can scroll around if you're ready to try. There's things you can click on to get moving. Like you just tell them, like, I have type 1 diabetes, type 2. Maybe I'm not sure what kind of diabetes I have. Submit the form. It's got a few questions on it. Next thing you know, you're on your way. InPen offers 24-hour technical support hands-on product training, and they have great online educational resources. And get this, Medtronic Diabetes doesn't want cost to be a roadblock to you getting the therapy you need. So with the InPen Access Program, you could pay as little as $35 for the InPen. Offer is available to people with commercial insurance, terms and conditions apply. But you should go check it out. InPenToday.com. I'm not cutting out the cough. I, I don't have the heart for this. I'm, I'm going to die. Buy an InPen and, and use US Med. Help me out, would you? Links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to these and all the sponsors. Sure. <laughs> That'll be fun. Great um, topic. Do you get what you would call a normal period or is it abnormal? Um, I call it abnormal. Um, uh, ever since my kids were born, um, it's really heavy. Okay. Does it last like, abnormally long or does the length about what you would expect? No length is about what I expect. Um, but it comes on so heavy and so strong. Okay. Uh, do you ever get like, is your iron or ferritin level dropping because of that? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of like when, I don't know, to be honest, I would want, you I'm to, not sure if they even test that. Yeah. I would want you to check when you're doing your blood work next time. Yeah. I yeah. should look and see if that's one of the things I, every 10 weeks I get my blood work done and they do a whole whack load of stuff, but I've mm -hmm. never looked to see if that's there. Yeah. It just made me think you, that happened with Arden. Right. Yeah. Do the iron. Trust me, by the way, as I'm talking to you. All of my questions are coming from what I know because of Arden. 
So right. if it wasn't for Arden, this conversation would be you talking a lot and telling me things and me going, oh, my God, wow, that's crazy. So um, but none of this seems crazy to me. Um, that's and, so sad. Yeah. And Arden has been through all of those, the blood work and everything. And no, oh, it's not mm-hmm. RA, blah, blah, blah. But um, everything you've described down to the brain fog and the exhaustion and the cold sensitivity and everything else, this is this is how Arden is. Like, yeah, it makes me wonder too if because right they all come together and they like cluster if there's RA, but maybe there's something else too. Yeah, and you can't figure out. It's hard to pick them apart to see because Arden has yeah. Arden has literally had every blood test known to man from like different right. like from um, a rheumatology standpoint and mm-hmm. from an endocrine standpoint. Everyone has taken Arden's blood, and I mean the last time we did it for rheumatology, which wasn't too long ago. The phlebotomist yep. couldn't carry all the tubes in one trip oh my gosh. that she needed to take out of Arden. And the blood work came back, and the doctor's like, everything looks good. That's so frustrating. Yeah. It is like, because I check it online, I get it done, and my results are usually online, like hours later. And, and I always look, something. and I'm like, how is there nothing? Yeah, you want something to be wrong. You, you do, because yeah. you want an answer. You yeah. have an answer, you can get a plan, and you can move forward. Like when I found, when I got diagnosed, I went into the rheumatologist's office, and I, I, my biggest fear that he would say, I don't know what it is. Yeah. And no, then my no. second biggest fear was that it was going to be RA. Yeah. No, I know. I think. Well, actually, I was, I was afraid it was going to be like fibromyalgia, only because there's a lack of understanding of fibromyalgia everywhere. And I didn't want to always be explaining myself as to what it was and what it meant. Now I'm doing that with RA anyway, mm-hmm. but that's my one frustration. Like the two autoimmune diseases we have, because people hear arthritis and they think, oh yeah, I know arthritis. I've got it in my knee or I've got this or my aunt had it. And it's so similar to when people hear diabetes and they know type two diabetes. So I'm like, no, like it's not that it's all of like, it's systemic. My heart's involved, right? I have a higher risk of cancer. There's so many other things involved in it. It's not just a pain in a joint it's everywhere and then i find i'm doing the same thing with type 1 diabetes too i'm like guys come on can i have like a clear easy autoimmune that people just know when yeah. they hear it yeah, right can i get a yes. good one like diabetes please uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah that really is part of the conversation here is that you don't there are other autoimmune issues that are just far more devastating than type 1 which is kind of crazy to say um right but but can really be true. Um, okay, let me focus myself for a second. Okay. Okay. Have you ever had a day that turns into three days, that turns into a week where you're like, I'm okay. And then suddenly it's back again? Or is it always a constant, at least din of pain? And then it gets worse yeah. and worse. It's always a constant din. Okay. Um, for sure. How do you maintain any kind of... Uh, lifestyle while that's happening uh it's really really tough and that's where i'm struggling right now so i'm very thankful that um i can work from home right now because that has given me my life back when i was diagnosed i was half in in the office and half at home Mm -hmm. and um just going in walking on floors like um office floors or the floors in a mall like they're really hard I guess it's concrete, right? Makes sense. But the floors in my house don't seem to be, there seems to be more padding in it. So just walking around um, in a building 
flares me up huge. So if I go into the lab and I'm working, I come home and it takes me like a week to recover. Hmm. I'm just so exhausted. And so whatever, same thing if I'm going hiking or if I go to the mall or do whatever, like I only have so much energy and I have to decide where I'm going to spend it. So it's, it's tough. I'm in this zone right now where right now my priority is my kids. They're young. I need to take care of them. So working from home gives me the ability to a still be productive and, and good at my job, but also I can make dinner for them. I can make sure I'm aware to catch alarms for Ailey. Um, I can play with them. I can still be a mom. Maybe not to the same extent. I do a lot of games where I'm sitting down with my feet up. They like to play salon a lot, which is the greatest thing ever because they give me massages. Um, but it's it's been a huge, huge adjustment. And tr- I'm trying to learn how to set boundaries and know when I can and can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's tough. I was an athlete. And then, yeah. And that, it, now, now I, camping. yeah. How, how Gaelic is your background, by the way? Not very. No. Okay. No. Irish. Do you want to know where I live? You don't even know where I live. I don't know where you uh, live. I live in Canada. Very Gaelic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I, yeah, my, um, like my, I don't even know where it came from. It's pretty far back to go back to Scotland and okay. to Ireland. Okay. All right. Um, like my mom was born in Canada. Gotcha. But, but her lineage comes from that way. Yep. Okay. Yep, and my dad is is British. He grew up in England. I'm telling you, Irish, English, autoimmune, hotbed. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt the one of the hardest things when I was diagnosed because there had been no other autoimmune in the, in the family when Ailey was diagnosed, and then when I got diagnosed, I had that initial grieving session of like, it's my side of the family. I not that I did this, but. It's my bloodline, yeah, which is stupid and illogical, but I had the feelings. No, my wife feels that way too. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Um, okay, so how does this impact your relationship with your husband? Um, it negatively affects it, but also positively affects it. If that makes sense, um, he obviously has to do more. He's a great great husband Mm -hmm. great father to begin with um but there's things i just can't do so he's learned he can read my face he reads me he knows me better than i know myself so um he can step in when i really need it but i'm terrible at asking for help so i won't i'll push myself because i feel like I i should still be able to help cook and clean and do all of those things um so I know it's put more on him, which is hard. He's got a stressful career as well. So um, that is tough, but we're connected more. Like he, we, we have great conversations about our fears and what does the future hold? And we don't know what this looks like. And he's so supportive and so amazing. And he'll just see that I'm hurting and rub my feet or rub my legs. And we have a connection that way. Mm-hmm which is stronger. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know what my future holds, right? Like, I don't know, am I going to go into remission and be okay? Or am I going to continue to get worse? Am I going to not be able to walk up the stairs in my house? Am I going to have to go on disability? Is he going to have to care for me? 
more. And that's a terrifying thought. What What's the, um, the prevailing, I guess, thought around that when you pick around online and watch what happens to some people go into remission? Does it just disappear? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't disappear, but they go remission is the goal. If you find the right drug combination, it can work for years where you kind of get your life back. Um, and then sometimes the drug will stop working and then you find another drug. And a lot of people have success that way. My rheumatologist actually has RA himself and he's had phenomenal success with methotrexate. So we were kind of commiserating in our last appointment because it's getting depressing. Like this is a lot of drugs that haven't worked and there's only so many drugs I can try. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, so he was kind of being sympathetic. I'm like, oh, did you go through this too? Like whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, second drug worked for me. I'm like you son of a, mm. okay, happy for, <laughs> for him. But at the same time, I wish that had been me. So definitely there are people that do well. And then there's another set of people that don't respond well to drugs. And um, I don't know if you like the first thing that came to my head in rheumatoid arthritis is the deformed hands that people can get. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a fear. Like lumps and bumps at joints. Yeah. And, and the like fingers that. kind of go out yeah. sideways. They shift. Uh, does, so. does the weed help Robin? Um, I haven't gone there yet. It seems obvious to, to me, Robin, uh, as, and I've never, <laughs> listen, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I've never even tried it, and if I'm you, I'd be growing it in my backyard. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've tried creams, CBD yeah. oils and stuff. Mm. I didn't get like the, re- it wasn't like, oh, this is amazing, I need to do this forever, yeah. but I do know a ton of people get success for it. My concern is that Ailey's so young still and if she goes low in the night and i'm so dreamy and sleepy and relaxed that i'm not hearing her alarms that's a concern mm-hmm. i hear you so that's holding me back right now may i uh yeah. say uh i i wouldn't let that hold me back if i was you i would, try, <laughs> I would just do it during the day i would try because can you imagine if you're doing all this stuff but that one thing, because CBD, may I, I don't know anything about anything, so I don't want anybody getting mad at me, <laughs> but CBD creams and oils and CBD in your drinks, that all just seems like marketing to me. Like, I just feel right. like, I just feel like the weed industry about three years ago paid a bunch of influencers to say that CBD cream made their hands feel nice. Right. I, I honestly feel like that's what happened because you don't hear about it anymore. It was like there was this I one- do. I have, I have some friends that use it. Mm-hmm. For similar things, and they swear hippies, by it. Hippies, Robin? Hmm? No. No, just, I'm teasing. No, actually, like science people. <laughs> Listen, science people. If it works, it works. That's amazing. But I'm right? talking about, like, really getting Smoking that it. THC in there and letting it do its thing. Like, even if it just made you, like, less aware of the pain, wouldn't that be better? True. I mean, not like, I don't want you, like, Tommy Chong, but that was an old <laughs> reference. I didn't even go to Snoop Dogg. I skipped, no. I skipped, <laughs> right, skipped right over. I skipped right over to where, like, when they made the movies, they didn't even, like, retake a wow. scene if they spoke wrong. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not talking about, like, gone and staring. I'm just talking about, like, a low level of pleasantness. Like right. Martha Stewart high. Like that kind of high. <laughs> you ever see her when you know she's high and she's being interviewed? You're like, that lady's a little stoned. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I, I really should. 
You really should. I mean, I, I, really I, <laughs> I don't, I've never in my life said to somebody like, you know what you should do? You should definitely use drugs, but you definitely should. Right. Yeah, 100%. Well, I've always been like that. I'm that rule follower person, right? Like I, I, yeah. But what if the rule was that this is what people in your situation did? Right. See? It's legal up here. Like there's no issues. So I really need to, there's of, like seven weed shops in my town. Of all the things Canada got right. <laughs> And all the things Canada got wrong. It's astonishing that they got weed right and have gotten so many other things incorrect. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. No, no, not wrong. Okay. All right. no. I, yeah. I pay attention. I know what's going on in the world a little bit. There you um, go. All right. So, like, so let's leave that there. But let's just say, I mean, it seems obvious to me. <laughs> like, because what if it brought you some sort of like, like pleasure or happiness or you know, what if you, I mean, what if you woke up tomorrow and you're like, oh my God, I've taken seven drugs. And you mean like, you know, strawberry dream is what I should have been smoking and it all would have been okay. Like, you know what I mean? But I what know. if it like relaxes me so much and then I can't do my job. And then I'm like, this is so great. I can't go back to not doing it. So can we talk for a second? Like for real, like we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's better than what you have now. Like if you had to retire, don't you think if you said to your husband, look, I know this is crazy, but I got to become a, I got to be a weed smoker. And if I do, <laughs> I won't be in pain anymore, but I'm going to need you to work a little more because I can't work anymore at the job I have now. You don't think he'd be like, that's fine. He would, he would do anything yeah, to support me, whatever it needed to be. I know, but then I feel like, I don't know. What do you I don't feel? like putting things onto people. And then I feel like I'm not. Ah, now stop it, Robin. This got put on. I know I got you. issues, man. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this guy, <laughs> are you Catholic? No, no, you don't even have that pressure. Okay. And, you're still, and you right? still feel this way. Yeah. All right. No, no, Robin, listen, I think that anything you could do to make this go, this is a big thing. This isn't like, this isn't like you twisted your ankle and you're a pain to people for 10 days. I know. You know what I mean? This is a big deal. You should cut yourself a break. Why I you, should. Why are you trying to be so tough in this? Seriously. I don't know. I don't want I don't you to know. cry, but what, 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 what do you, what, what's going on? Like, you feel like if you give up, it's going to, like, spiral? Maybe. Like, I, I, I like being there to support my family. I've always been able to stand on my own feet, and I've achieved a lot of good things in my life, and I'm proud of them, and the thought of not doing them anymore and not being there anymore is, uh, I don't know, is scary. So I'm going to now do something which is incredibly odd because I have no context for this personally, right? But I'm going to make the weed argument for you. Um, <laughs> Seth Rogen seems pretty um, successful, right? And he's Canadian. True. Isn't he Canadian? Pretty sure. All right. Okay. I saw Snoop Dogg was just at the Super Bowl. I saw Snoop Dogg singing at the Super Bowl. He looked okay. Joe Rogan has the biggest podcast in the world. He's high half the time. I think you could do it. You know what I mean? Like I don't even yeah. see I don't even see why it would impact your your career to be perfectly honest with you. Like I I think you have this like vision in your head of like you in a room with a lava lamp and a beanbag chair and you can't <laughs> stand up. Is that what you're thinking right now? No, but okay. that would sound fabulous. I mean, just for a couple of days. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, I just think you like, what, how does the Whoopi do it? Um, that was Whoopi Goldberg for people who don't know my my shorthand for Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think she's a pen smoker, right? She walks around with a weed pen. Yeah, see, I don't even know anything about it. I don't either. I'm just going by what I figured out so far in the blind leading the blind. I know. We're we're the worst. This is is the worst Cheech and Chong movie ever. There are Um, so many people laughing at us right now. Well, that's because they're high. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we're highly entertaining. (laughs) I know I am. I got a review about it recently, so... Uh, let's see. Oh, amazing. I'm now Googling Whoopi Goldberg weed pen. Yeah, uh, Whoopi oh, Goldberg man. touts vape pen in her column about marijuana. How Whoopi Goldberg fell in love with her vape pen. All right. I promise that I will definitely look into it. Yeah. Maybe I'll actually go and talk to someone at one of these stores. Well, listen, the, the, the guy you're going to talk to is not going to fill you full of confidence. <laughs> but... <laughs> But just remember this, he knows a lot about or she when you get there. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just think that if I was in your situation, I don't see the end of what I would try. Like, I I know I wouldn't want to be on a narcotic and not be able to, like, function. Like, that wouldn't. And um, have you tried narcotics for this? No. No. Yeah, that seems like a bridge too far for me. That would be like a. Yeah, I don't want to go there. That scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Are you. All right. Does anything. Anything like hippie help, like a certain drink or food or avoiding a certain food? Is there anything in there that's valuable? I haven't found anything. There's some people in the community that swear by certain diets that will help them. Um, I've tried to kind of like cut back on sugar. Some sugar is never good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some like anti-inflammatory foods that I'm trying to introduce more into my diet, like avocados. Um. And whatnot, but I haven't gone full fledged into into that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something uh, if methotrexate didn't work, but avocados were the key? But avocado, I know, right? Like it's kind of. I can see it definitely helping. Mm-hmm. It can help the symptoms, right? But it's not going to help the overall damage that's happening to my body. So I still need the drugs. Whatever helps my symptoms, the drugs are still going to have to be a part of my life. And I'm really hopeful that I can find one that works. Do um computer screens give you headaches? Um, not really. No. Okay. No. Now I'm just saying things that happened to Arden to see if there's any like similarities. <laughs> any other correlation there? Yeah, 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 no. yeah. You ever have trouble sleeping? Uh, I have trouble falling asleep right now because I hurt. But once you're sleeping, you can stay asleep forever. Um, I could sleep. Well, I have little kids, so I feel like I could sleep forever. Um. Uh, so Arden, but yeah, I don't have trouble. No, I don't wake up and like, yeah, can't get back to sleep. Here's Arden's thing: if she needs to be somewhere, she'll set an alarm and she'll get up. But if she doesn't need to be somewhere, she could sleep the entire day away. Could you do I that? Would, I would like to try that. Okay, but she doesn't wake up <laughs> feeling any better than when she went to sleep. No, like sleep is not restorative. Right. Like I wake up and I'm like, I could. Yeah, go back to sleep right now or have a nap or do whatever. I never feel rested. Here's a scary question. Have you ever thought that you might get type 1 diabetes one day? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would too. If I was you, I would just be like, every day I woke up and I'd be like, this has got to be the day something's going to (laughs) happen. Well, I I wonder sometimes, right? And I'm like, oh, do I feel like this because like maybe my sugar's high or something's off that way or whatever. I did do trial net. I don't have any of the markers. Good. Oh, that's good news. Neither, no, none of us do. Although, this was before uh, I, I was RA diagnosed. Yeah, I was going to say, but, Robin, in fairness, you don't have the markers for RA either. Josh, why would you say that? 
Well, because it seems obvious. We've been talking for 45 <laughs> minutes. Your life's a shit show. This is definitely going to happen. <laughs> uh, but I feel like at least, at least with type one, now this sounds terrible because I don't feel it for my daughter, but at least with a type one, I know what to do. Yeah. Right? Like I know the insulin's going to work. It may take me a while to find the right insulin for me, but I know that there's a process. I like process. I'm a scientist. I like flow like that. So I think what's really bothering me with the RA is I can't find triggers. I can't find what makes me feel good, what makes me feel bad. There's no predictability to it. One day I wake up and I'm like yesterday, I'm like, I'm going to organize my drawers. Oh, cool. Where the hell did I get that energy from? And then today I wake up and it's like, I feel like sludge. So it's hard for you to talk to me today even? Uh, no, I'm okay talking to you, but my knees are really sore right now. So I'll probably spend an after the afternoon working um, from my couch. Do you find yourself rubbing them when, and even almost unknowingly yep. sometimes? Absolutely. Do you ever sit four inches away from an electric space heater? I don't have an electric space heater. Oh, well, let's get on Amazon and get you one of those too. Right? Um, <laughs> but I use like I sit with my heating, heating pad. Heating blanket, weighted blankets, these things help. Yeah, he, uh, weighted blanket, I don't like. Even sometimes like a regular blanket feels heavy on me and it hurts. So I don't like that. I found like weird things. Compression gloves I really like for my fingers, my hands. But um, I stopped wearing tights. You know how girls always wear tights? Mm -hmm. uh, I found that compression on my legs too much. You didn't like that. So now I'm wearing looser tracky pant kind of very stylish. Let me pants. just say as a straight man, <clears throat> when you girls all move to tights, it is like the best thing that ever happened. I don't know. Like, I know it's wrong to say 2022 and everything, but really it's wonderful. Like it used to, girls used to wear like when I was growing up, like boxy straight leg blue jeans and like it yeah. was, yeah, like this was a great thing. I'm tights were phenomenal. I love tights and they're so comfortable and you can wear them with anything. Like well, I think such I was, a benefit for us too. Yo, I was gonna say there seems to be a ton of great reasons for you to do it, but I'm just saying as a <laughs> I'm just I'm a big fan. That's all. Yeah. Thank you. I know, and I, I can't do it now. Well I'm lost. Well, Jesus. <laughs> Right? I, I know. Mean, I right. need to find a solution now just <laughs> so I can get back in my tights. In your tights. Because such an easy <laughs> lifestyle and fashionable and easy, you know what I mean? You can dress it up. You can dress it down. You can throw them under a skirt and look super cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been reading right. about um, medical marijuana and rheumatoid arthritis <laughs> while you've been talking. Um, the cannabinoid compounds THC and CBD found in marijuana have proven medical properties. Among these are pain relief. Certain strains of marijuana can target pain and bring much relief. This is actually on a page about RA. Um, multiple cannabis. Uh, cannabinoids, cannabinoids. Jesus, can you just say weed? Weed. <laughs> no, because it's not. It's different. Well, what the hell's a cannabinoid? All right, hold on a second, Robin. Um, any group Lost of closely me. related compounds, which include cannabinol and the active constituents of cannabis. All right, that's unnecessary. Uh, work to reduce inflammation. So CBD and THC, as well as CBC, CBDA, CBG, CBD. N and THCA, chronic pain. See, because a lot of your fatigue can come from the pain too, right? It just drains you. Yeah. You get that kind of like like malaise and... Um, yeah. Like when you have the flu and you don't want to go off the couch. 
Like, yeah, it's really hard to just get up Mm -hmm. and you ache. Do you have any um, anxiety or depression around the RA? Mm -mm, Not really. Like, I have feelings that, like, I don't know how it's going to go, but I don't, it doesn't debilitate me at all. Okay. A little bit more on this, then we move on. Okay. So there appears to be, appears to be, again, you're right. People are laughing at us, but there appears, (laughs) there appears to be different ways to take the weed. So, um, yeah, well, the whoopee, the weed, (laughs) I don't really, I don't know. This is just how it it appears to me. Topicals. I I think we're not, we don't want that. Um, Vaporizing. I don't, I, I, I'm sure if it's. Like pure, it's probably okay. Again, I don't know anything about anything. I I, I am thinking back to that one um, time where that um, the vape pens got the vitamin E in it or something like that, and it caused that like vaping lung for people. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Right. We don't want that. Edibles nope. apparently um, are are a bit of a inexact science from what I've heard. Um, but this okay. here says that if you ingest an edible. The, the effects that you feel tend to last longer. Oh. There's also, they says, like, drops or kind of tinctures, right, that you can put under your tongue as a way to ingest okay. it. So if you don't want to smoke. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I envision a time where those girls are rubbing your legs and, and packing your <laughs> bong for you. And um, <laughs> mommy's feeling good. And then we, uh, we get up and we do some stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like, because if, if it really does... You, know, you were talking earlier about the the concern about you know you know malformations in your body from this. Like if, yep. if 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 you can get ahead of stuff like that, I mean, I would hate to yeah. see at some point in your life your fingers are moving in the wrong directions and you go, I should have tried smoking weed. You, yeah, you know what I mean? like because it's such a giveaway. Like if it doesn't work, true, then true, who, then who cares, right? You didn't do anything right. wrong, you know. That's true. All right, that's a good. Did you think you were coming on my type 1 diabetes podcast today to be talked into smoking weed? Uh, no. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Wow. So there's some like really scary stuff about RA, huh? A bone and cartilage around the joints, ligaments, tendons, eyes, blood vessels, lungs, hearts, kidneys, yeah. digestive tract, nervous system. It impacts all of that or can. Everything. Yeah. And that's the only thing too with smoking is um, I have asthma already and then I'd be concerned about lungs. Because yeah. lungs yeah. are impacted with. We're going to need gummies then or something like that. Ooh, gummies. Right? See, there you go. Finally, yeah, something see? fun. <laughs> Took 51 minutes for us to say something fun. Yes. <laughs> do you think people are listening right now and they're just like thinking, thank God I don't have this? Or do you think they're finding it? I think it's enlightening personally. but I, ho- I hope it's enlightening. I yeah. hope if someone's out there and struggling with similar kind of symptoms and not getting an answer or getting shot down by their doctor because their blood works fine, that they can take something from it, mm-hmm. try to push a bit harder, do more research. I'm not, I don't know. I feel very lucky that I got my diagnosis as fast as I did with fine blood work. I agree. So I keep wondering about for you, if the parasite, when you got the parasite and they hit you so hard with the, um, the drugs, if yeah, maybe that didn't not help you so much. Oh, I wonder if everything kind of started there but then i obviously had like when my toes were going white when i was a kid like there's obviously some autoimmune stuff going on in me already but that could have been the trigger i had a lot of stress leading up to this diagnosis that i wonder too if that kind of impacted it the weed would help with that gosh what kind kind of life stress (laughs) 
Um, yeah, my like mom that. got sick. Mm-hmm. She passed away. How old was your mom when she passed? 74. Did you I ever think. talk to her about the joint pain or would she not talk about it? Um, I always tried to get her to go to a doctor because I always had sports injuries as a kid. I tried to get her to ice. She hated ice. Um, but she was, she was, she was so stubborn. Mm. <laughs> so I think she did talk to her doctor and stuff about it, but we never talked about it this way. Um, and then she got cancer and passed away. So that was stressful. Mm. Then I got pregnant and lost baby and that was stressful. Oh, I'm sorry. On Christmas. So wait, wait, what? You got, you lost the baby on Christmas? Yeah. I started spotting on Christmas. How far along were the you? first, the first Christmas after my mom had passed away. Oh my gosh. Um, I was early. I was eight weeks. Okay. Oh, it's terrible. But, uh, yeah, no, enough for it to be. And then I had Ailey, so huge highlight. And then she was diagnosed when she was eight months old. Mm-hmm. So I never got down on like that baby phase with her. So I didn't sleep. Oh, yeah. You she went was... right from baby to baby diabetes. Yeah. Oh, she was eight months when she was diagnosed? Yeah. Was her diagnosis before or after your RA diagnosis? Before. Before. Because she's coming in the summer. She'll be four years. I see. Diagnosed. Yeah. Okay, so she had type 1 for a couple of years before this happened to you. Yep. Yep. Wow. So I think all that, right? All that world together, not sleeping. We know how terrible not sleeping is. Um, And then the pandemic hit. So then you had all the stress of trying to figure that and working from home and working from the office. My kids are at home and how do we do this? And my husband's trying to figure out how to teach kindergarten from home. So there's stress everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then I think I, I started almost sleeping better with Ailey. Like we got to a better point with the type one and then my body's like, Oh, you can handle more now. Bam. (laughs) She looks like she's got some free time. We should give her a hundred percent. It is how it feels. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you know, something's tripped it. Right. So I wonder if it was the stress that did it. It definitely could be. I mean, not that I need a reason, but it almost feels good to be like, Oh, that's well, well, well it, I'm not wrong to say it would be nice if you could point to something about something, right? It, yeah. would, it would be relieving to be able to say anything with any certainty while yep. you're while you're involved in something that you can't find any certainty in. For sure. Yeah. For sure. How far are so. you into this last medication? This most recent uh, one? I've taken nine, nine weeks in. So I should be at the point now where it's starting to work. So I'm so hopeful. Mm-hmm. I haven't given up on it. I just got word that my insurance company's going to cover it which is exciting wow they're expensive um if it works you just take it forever i just take it forever yep a shot a week shot a week yep and i my body doesn't like it either i get like a sight reaction to it i get it like a almost like a really big hive okay to it because my my immune system is not happy but i'm okay with that i'll take it it's not hurting me so uh i would willfully take this for the rest of my life it means i'm going to be immunocompromised the rest of my life which in the middle of you know pandemic is not awesome Wasn't super exciting yeah um so this stuff is is quelling your immune system to stop it yes. from creating hopefully to stop it from creating this inflammation yeah because right now my immune system is attacking my joints still all of those drugs were meant to do that or some of them don't work that way uh they all work that way just in different they have different methods and ways to get there. Okay. Hmm. 
Oh boy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually know my next question. And part of me was like, just stop the recording. <laughs> just like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I am really uh, genuinely uh, thankful that you came on to talk about this. Seriously. Oh, good. I'm I, glad. I really and I'm like, it. I mean, I talk about the sad things that have happened, but like, I'm okay. Like it's part of what goes on. Everyone has stress and stuff in their life. Right. So I, I don't, at all feel bad about talking about it or bringing it up let's talk about that for a, another minute though because if you're well now i care i'm just kidding <laughs> no no this <laughs> would be amazing if this was the moment you just went too far 180 degrees and you were like that's it i i'm not gonna have a good attitude about this anymore this guy talked me into it like i just ruined your life you know totally. um, but how do you do that how do you maintain a good attitude and a forward motion when this is happening constantly. What else am I going to do? Well, some people would lay over and die. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, we've gone through hard things in our lives. My husband and I, nothing like super major. I, well, I guess all of this is major. Um, and we keep finding a way. And I remember when Ailey was diagnosed and we were in the hospital and hadn't slept. And I was so overwhelmed with everything. Um, and he just looked at me and he's like, we'll find a way. And we'll, we'll get through this the same way we've gotten through everything else. And he's right. We've gotten through everything so far. So what's to say we're not going to get through this? It may take a while, but um, there's hope. Yeah, there's actually I've got a lot of good things in my life, so I cling to those. Everything isn't this thing. Every you know, it's a it's a massive part of my life for yeah. sure, and it impacts me. I think about it every day. But like type one is a big part of everyone's life, and you think about it every day to varying degrees, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still do so much and like um with Ailey, like we've been open to trying all different things. We're looping and all of this stuff. So it's like, let's try and see what we can do and make the best of what we have. And it's a struggle. <laughs> my gosh, a huge struggle. And there's days where I don't do much of anything. My house is a disaster. And I'm trying to be okay with that kind of stuff and focus my energy on the good things. I'm still working. I'm still functioning. I'm still talking with my friends and, and, you know, being with my husband and I have phenomenal family. My dad is, and his new wife are so supportive and my in-laws live around the corner and they are the greatest in-laws you could ever hope for. It's wonderful. So there's, there's a lot of hope. Look at your dad pimping. Is he in his seventies? Yep. Just bouncing around, picking up ladies. Bouncing around. Not really. Just one. <laughs> just one. <laughs> yeah. I've known her my whole life. She's been involved in our family the whole time, which oh. is She's been waiting funny. her turn. Just been waiting her turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously no. kidding. <laughs> yeah, she was she was actually my mom's close friend. So they kind of bonded over my mom. Oh, well, that's um, nice. But it's like I've she's been a part of my family the whole time. So it was uh, easy. Still tricky. Still my dad getting remarried, right? But yeah. it no, was but an still. easy transition. Someone that I've loved my whole life and that has loved me and supports me right. and my family. So That's wonderful. Um, I see that yeah. as a good thing. Pimping. Yeah, I just, I just, I have like a seventy-eight-year-old guy in my head with a big purple hat and a feather in it 
walking around like pointing at ladies and like making the gun signal and winking at them oh my gosh <laughs> is that, that how we got her phenomenal <laughs> it's not how we got her <laughs> probably not no no it's not best so much day. although they just went to um antarctica really last month yeah they went on a trip nice. now he's gonna plan his next trip yeah good for him yeah oh. no i'm really happy for him like like um he was so dedicated and loving to my mom and took care of her through everything. And um, I'm so happy to see him smile and he is loved mm. and someone's caring for him and looking after him and, and he's living. Yeah. Now, I, I think your story, um, and I'm not quite done with you yet. I know we're up on an hour, but I think um, um, your story feels really good to me. There's actually an episode coming out this week where Erica and I, um, she's the, the family therapist that comes on sometimes that has type one, we start mm. off by talking about burnout but then we just really talk more about resilience and and yeah. you know different ways that people sometimes are and aren't and and the way that you can't really figure out why one person has one reaction to something like this and another person has yeah. another you, you know yeah. um I'm so so lucky that I I have support right I have family support I've got my kids that love me my husband who is phenomenal um and I've got I found support in the community yeah. I found an RA community the same way I found a um a diabetes community and they are so supportive. I do virtual like um group sessions with them. And um if I'm having a bad day and I sit and talk and I'm like, "Oh, what about this?" and I've got to ask for accommodation at work and what if they don't, you know, accept it and this and that and maybe I'm not as sick as I think I am. And then there's always someone there to be like, "No, you are." Like, what if it works out? Mm-hmm. So I'm they're kind of giving me the positivity. Yeah. So I, I think doing this by yourself, anyone going through something by yourself, we can't, we need people to be with us and it's okay to ask for help and seek that help and seek that, that support. I, um, I'm, I just, I feel uh, I'm oddly proud of the podcast right now while you're talking. <laughs> I just seriously, I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know where else you can talk about stuff like this. And, and, yeah. and let a lot of people hear it at the same time. Um, it just, it's so important to, in my mind, it's so important to remember that you're not born on day one and promised 78 years. You know what I mean? Not yeah. you know, like your dad is, uh, he's lucky. It, it, oh yeah. You know, um, and there are people who, who pass as children and as teens and, I just think of my own life. I think of a girl I knew that I went to high school who died in a motorcycle accident with her boyfriend when we were like oh, man. 17. And people who I knew as children who were gone before our first reunion, which I didn't go to, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> when I was in elementary school, this boy who I was not friends with, like Robin, you listen to the podcast, right? I do. I have no memory to speak of about some things, right? There's this boy, his name was Chuck Stasiak. There's no reason for me to remember that. I didn't hardly know him. And when we were in fifth grade, he passed out during a recess. And before we got to high school, he was gone. Wow. And I don't know why. Like, I don't remember anymore why. I just know that these, like, small experiences have, have just taught me that 
we all pretend that this thing's supposed yeah. to be perfect, right? We're all supposed to come out, be about six feet tall, super handsome, really big <laughs> penis, right? Like bunch of money. We're supposed to bounce around with, uh, you know, a model who also loves us and is a great mom in our Lamborghini, yeah. um, going from the winter house to the summer house, skiing in between. And then we die yes. very comfortably at 96 years old, big penis, still erect. Like, like that's wow. the, right, right, right. Big, that's impressive. But everybody thinks life's going to go great. And it's true. The truth is life's going to go like life, which more often than not is more like the conversations that we have here. Yep. You know, and I yep. think there's something about expectation that, yes. that, that creates the the attitude that you have or the one that I espouse or the one that I think I've instilled in my daughter even, which is, I mean, I don't like, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think there was a song in the seventies, right? Like no one ever promised you a rose garden. I think that's like a country song from the seventies. I don't really know. Um, I remember it being on an eight track tape in my dad's car, <laughs> which is a lot of words most people don't understand. Uh, but you get what you get and then you make the best of it. Yep. And and the difference yep. between you being a meth head right now and being the person who I'm talking to, I think is just that, just your expectation and your perspective and your desire not to give up and whatever else gets blended in with that. But do you have any feeling for why, why you're like this? No. Not at all, right? No. I just, I think the expectation thing is is big right like i don't not that i'm a pessimist but i don't set crazy expectations i never had the expectation that i would you know be healthy my whole life and then when my mom got sick it, and there's a lot of death and stuff in our family before that but it's like a oh snap like you better wake up and right it's not a guarantee mm-hmm. yeah so appreciate what you have and find the joy that you have. And I think like, and that's where your podcast is huge because it's, it's regular people talking. So it makes it normal, right? You don't have people coming on here that are like, no, I'm so fabulous at type one. And my child's A1C is five and this and that. And it's more of like, this is how we got to where we are, but you see the real life part of it. So then you have a better expectation as to how it's going to go. And i I don't know. I think I did that with the diabetes too. I still have an expectation that I can get her A1C into the low fives, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm sure you can. Four. No, I bet you can. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm working on where it. Is, we're getting, we're getting there. Where is it now? Uh, last one was 6.3. Wow. Very good. Congratulations. So That's thanks. Excellent. I'm, uh, I'm happy with that, but I'm trying to just always striving, right? What can I do better? But being okay with where I am, right? Like acknowledging that that is a great A1C for a four-year-old and and going with it. So I think that's kind of where I am in life. We appreciate what you have and where you are. Still looking forward though, right? Like, okay, what's next? Where am I going to go and what's going to happen? And and then uh, try to get through it. I, I could sit here and be completely devastated and be like, I'm going to be on, on disability and not be able to work. But what if I'm not? What if it goes well? What if I find a way to keep this? What if I find a job that i can continue right at my pace right like and and even if the end result is horrible there's no reason not to enjoy the moments leading up to it absolutely why would i be so down now 
because that's a possibility because right. then I'm going to make it come true. Yeah. You can't worry. I, I no. know I've said it before, but worry is a waste of imagination. You can't, because yep. when you're worrying in most scenarios, you are just making up things that may happen in your mind and then worrying yep. about them. You're worrying about it. And it hasn't happened yet. Right. And may never. Now I'm be. saying this, I'm terrible at it. Like I, I definitely still worry. Right. But I keep trying to check myself and be like, well, it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, appreciate where you are. Well, listen, Robin, if everybody could make conscious decisions that then impacted them subconsciously and then everything was okay, then we wouldn't need the podcast. We would just <laughs> need to, we would just need a short cheat sheet of things. Like you'd read like, oh, pre-balls and then just never not do it ever again. You'd do it every day and that would be fine. And you'd, oh. know, you'd know when your sites went bad and you'd change them without looking at them for 12 hours. And that's not how it works. You need to constantly be reminded to. True. Yeah. Do what you need to can do. I, can I tell you my, my pre-bullis horror from this morning? I don't see what It wasn't else. a horror. So my kids are home from school today because they've been a bit under the weather. Lazy, so, lazy kids. No, I'm just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> They're, I've locked them in the basement. It's amazing. Um, so she started... Oh, wait. Hold on. Canadian here. So let me... I've got my chart. I have to so be honest she was, with you while you're looking for the chart. I didn't know you could dig a basement in Canada. Isn't it just like permafrost you, or something like that? What? Oh, oh my gosh. All right, go ahead. Honestly, um, I'm sure in some areas, but not here. So she was sitting at like 85, 90 going into breakfast. Perfect. So she wanted waffles. So I give her, if I give her like a link of a sausage before she eats cereal or waffles, then we curb that spike, which has been really good. So she eats her sausage and then she starts drifting down. I'm like, okay, whatever she's going to eat, she's going to eat. And then she sits there and eats like half of her waffle and kind of looks around and like dawdles and now we've got alarms going off and she got down to how far down did she go 2.6 what's that like 45 i'm -hmm. like dude eat your waffle and then she eats one waffle and looks at me and she's like i'm full (laughs) (laughs) well my knees hurt so eat the waffle (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh okay so we spun and it was fine she had a yogurt drink and some grapes and right she's at a great spot right now but i was like of course like of course today when i'm recording that you're gonna you're gonna do this to me so i gotta tell you what did she ever get high afterwards well no Uh, then i think it's a great day i think that's amazing i think avoiding high blood sugars is the key to this whole thing so she got to 150 and then dropped right right down she might go low now but she's okay okay that's not she's doing all right loop's doing its thing it's all good cool all right robin um I really appreciate you doing this. I want to tell you something before we go. Apparently in 1969, a country singer-songwriter named Joe South wrote, um, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. It was covered by a couple of male artists, but never made it big until 1971 when Lynn Anderson recorded it. It was uh, number three on the Hot 100 and topped the country charts for five weeks. Look at that. And that somehow sticks in my head and I don't know why other than my parents did listen to country music when I was growing up and they did have an eight track player in the house. And when it was installed in the car, it was like we were rich that, that, that we had a car with an eight track player in it. It was an amazing thing. It really that's amazing. Was. I, do, I do know of the eight track players, but we know ne- I never had one. It was that the was pinnacle of technology. It was amazing. My dad looked like your dad <laughs> when he was asking out that lady. You know, he was like, do you see what we have here? Do you see? Do you see how we've ascended? <laughs> oh, goodness. Amazing. Um, anything we didn't talk about that you want to? Uh, we didn't really talk about diabetes, but that's cool. Well, that's because that you have this 
really interesting thing. Um, the kid's okay. My podcast is hugely successful and helpful in your life. Something like that. Hugely successful and helpful. Yep. Struggles. We're just struggling up in Canada. We don't have a lot of nurses for schools. So that's been a big, Oh, she's four and she doesn't have any, her teachers and educators will watch her Dexcom, but that's it. They won't do insulin or anything. So that's been a huge struggle. They actually refused her entry to school at the beginning of the year for three weeks. Lovely. So that was fun. I put on my advocating hat and uh, got that worked out. She got in eventually, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's been a, a struggle for sure, but she loves it. She's happy. I got to tell you, Robin, uh, just hearing this story, hold on, <clears throat> uh, yeah. this story about your RA and everything you're going through, I wouldn't f- with you. So um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think Boom. I think if you're still moving, I'm a little scared of you. <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. No That's kidding. right. Oh and God. I'm over six feet tall. You're talking about these expectations. You're going to be six feet tall. I was like, that's me. I also did not want to be creepy, but you're a ginger. And people really do. They're scared, right? A little bit. Okay. Super creepy. Yeah. Internet. I am a ginger. Watch out. <laughs> and a Taurus. Super watch out. You're an old Ford car side. from the 80s? A Taurus? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. From the 80s? Didn't it go longer than that? When was the Ford? All right. This is the last stupid thing we're doing together, and then we're done. Hold on a second. Ford. People have stopped listening. There's no way, by the way. They're like, oh, I'm that person. I listen right to the end. You're you're like, why are you still listening? You need help. Ford. Like, that's me. You might say something entertaining. Um, Ford. Oh, 86 to 2019. Introduced in the 85 for the 86 model year. Six generations were produced over 34 years. A brief hiatus was wow. undertaken between 2006 and 2007. They've been making that car for that long. That's impressive. It, it's a little sad, too. Oh, God, <laughs> I, I remember these things from when I was younger. Um, all right, Robin. All good. Thank yes. you very much. No problem. <laughs> Well, I'm going to thank Robin first for coming on and sharing her story. And I'd also like to thank InPen from Medtronic Diabetes and remind you to go to InPenToday.com to get started. Of course, we're also going to thank US Med, USMed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. It's easier to talk in the deep voice than it is to speak normally for some reason. I don't, I don't want to be sick anymore. <coughs> I don't want to be sick anymore. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I really do appreciate that you guys listen. <laughs>